0: Welcome to the Founder to Mentor podcast. My name is Mike Fadda. I'm an entrepreneur with multiple nine-figure exits and a passion for health and mentorship. Join me on a journey where I connect with world-class founder mentors to inspire your personal and professional growth. Let's jump into it. Welcome everyone to a special episode, special edition of Founder to Mentor podcast. Uh, we're doing it live from the Canadian Health Food Association, CHFA Now trade show with my good friend, Ryan Ben from Alive Magazine. Hey, buddy. We're gonna have some conversation and, and we're gonna turn the tides a little bit. Uh, I'm actually going to, uh, I have some questions for Ryan and we're gonna chat a little bit uh, and talk about how we both uh, came up in the industry a little bit and some of the impact that we've had so that you could be thinking about if you wanna make your mark. Uh, but then Ryan's gonna uh, ask me some questions. Maybe we'll focus a little bit today on, uh, on my new book, Grow, that, uh, that just started shipping yesterday. But welcome, we're also going to have a Q&A from the audience, so if you have a question, don't be shy, and you'll have a chance to come up to the mic and ask it, um, and then you'll be on the episode. You want to start us out, Ryan? You wanna... am, am I getting paid for this? Or No, you're not getting paid for this, no. Did you just say I was going to interview you? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me this in advance? Well, you got the little notes there. I think you're, you, you've are never been one to be not prepared. So You want to start out? Can you just give us an intro on yourself? Maybe everyone doesn't know you here.
1: It's nice to see you, by the way, Paul. Nice um, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Ryan Ben. I am the uh, president and group publisher of Alive Publishing Group. And uh, very recently, um, I'm excited to share Canada Wide Media, which is a local publisher, not related to this industry, but uh, but it's an exciting acquisition. We'll probably talk about that a little bit. And uh, yeah, 17 years at Alive. Came out of nowhere. Got a phone call from the, from the owner of the company. And he said, hey, I've got this magazine Alive. It's been around a long time. It was started by this you know legend named Siegfried Gersh. And... Uh, do you want to come run the company for me basically and i said yes and uh i paired up with smart people like this entrepreneurs who uh who are doing amazing things and most of them have just turned into great friends and it's been a been a wonderful
0: journey you would almost not believe that ryan has won i think almost all the awards at chfa leadership awards and stuff because He's got a really funny story when he first came into the industry when he took over that role oh you remember that yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta share that one so
1: the very uh what i came in i didn't know anything about this industry except that i knew that you know we were doing natural health and wellness products and uh and and i got a phone call from uh from nestle foods and craft and they said uh you know we'd like to place some uh, advertising for nestle water and i remember specifically craft probiotic cheese and i'm like probiotics that's natural that's great water nobody can do any harm with water so I ran ads in, the very, in my very, very first issue uh, for Kraft Probiotic Cheese and Nestle Water. And, uh, and the issue came out, and uh, it's actually how I met one of our other mutual friends. That was my first phone call. It came from a fellow named Matt Breach over at uh, Tallgrass, for those of you who know Matt from the industry. And he phoned up, and he's like, dude, I have no idea who you are, but I think you're about my age, and you are a train wreck. You are going full force into this industry. What are you thinking? And uh, y- you better be warned. That is not what we would call natural health products. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's probiotics. And he's like, yeah, and it's got like yellow dye, number seven, blah, 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 and and all this stuff. And he's like, Nestle, you know, is poison the world. And, you know, it's a little different nowadays. But um, anyways, I got a phone call from, I think, like 75 of our retailers who were like, we're canceling the magazine. We would never support this. We're not going to hand this out. So I had to do full damage control really quickly. And um, it still took me about two years to start calling supplements. Not not calling them pharmaceuticals—that was also a doozy. I was really good at calling vitamins pharmaceuticals. Anyways, that's to say I started at like the bottom of knowledge. That's,
0: that's just proof that any, you could grow from anywhere, right? You can <laughs> you can start at the basement and uh, and work it, your way up. If this dumb dumb can do it, then there's hope. We we also have a really funny story. I thought it was kind of funny uh, on how Ryan and I met, and Ryan was uh, the chair. Uh, oh, he was on the board. Of, yeah, vice chair, just, I think, probably. Chair, then, yeah. yeah. Of the Canadian Health Food Association, um, and had just awarded me the Organic Achievement Award for my efforts in uh, in, in pioneering organic hemp. And uh, the you next, want to share? the next board. Meeting. We just <laughs> talked about this. We, we we had like a two minute catch up uh, y- yesterday, and,
1: and I said, "How did we actually meet?" And then this actually pinged into my head. It's not actually how we met. It's just how I first heard Mike's name, and 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 by now I've learned to call these things supplements, and I'm now somehow turned into a guardian of the health industry. Five or six years later. Um, on the Canadian uh, Health Food Association board. And we got the letter after giving, we got a letter after giving Mike this award that basically said he was a fraud you know, it, it came from, I, I believe, a direct competitor. I don't remember who it was, but you'll know. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and it was really just a sellout. But he's like, he was, you know, Mike's a sellout. And, and I'm going. You should, you should strip the award. Strip the award. I'm like, who is this who, who is this Mike Fata guy? Anyways, we gave the award to. So now I'm like digging into it. And I had to make a phone call. Ended up being that I'm like, oh, no, you're cool. You're a dude. You're, you're totally fine. But yeah, that's how it was. So it was like, it started off by me being like, oh, my God, I might have to strip an award for organic achievement for organic achievement award winner.
0: Yeah, so then I turned around shortly after that, and I was on the board of the Canadian Organic Trade Association. If you and, can't and, beat them, join them. Yeah, and then I said, I said, <laughs> yeah, Ryan, okay, for all of that, you got to join me on the board of CODA. Yeah. Uh, and then we served, uh, we served a number of years together there, some um, help in organic, which Ryan just won uh, yesterday or today? Yeah, Wednesday? just Wednesday,
1: Wednesday night, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they handed an award for... Uh organic leadership and achievement basically the same same award you won full circle yeah except done by uh, the canadian organic trade association so it was nice that's a that's a far away
0: from the bottom my friend it feels pretty good yeah
1: i love organic too by the way just in case anybody cares it's like one of my I, we we share that a lot it's like you know i'm impassioned obviously for the industry but i'm particularly impassioned by um local food and organic and
0: yeah, I think I talk about it a lot, but it's a, it is a lesson for uh, younger entrepreneurs or just people that are starting out. I remember my first CHFA show, I think this is my 24th uh, show, my first one walking in and going, how does this all work? And like, how can I, how can I be possibly make my mark here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can tell you all it's about, it, 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 the best way is um, building community and giving back. You probably, if you follow along with the uh, story, uh, you may hear that often from me. Uh, but it's true. And, uh, and, and Ryan is a great example of that. And again, we've had a chance to work together and, and both, you know, six years you're on the Canadian Health Food Association uh, board, mm-hmm. uh, six years on the Organic Trade Association board, volunteer, giving your time, traveling away from family home to go and network and, and really support the industry and stand up for it. And, um, and it pays off like, You and know, keep doing things like that. And, um, and people take notice and, you win you win awards and uh, but you know, we've been able to see where this industry used to be a lot smaller even uh, twenty five years ago when For I sure.
1: And it's gonna be a recurrent theme both in the in the podcast today and basically on, on any time somebody comes and have a chat with me and we had a question about it about um, you know, how to uh, how to engage with people and how to find, you know, good partners and that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, not to uh, to give away the punchline too early in the conversation, but it, it all goes back to I think actually getting involved. It, that's the first foundation and building block to actually meeting people, building relationships, contributing good karma. I'm a huge believer in. Off you go down that journey. So I'm sure that'll we'll circle around on that a little bit more detail as we move along. But
0: yeah, you know, we all feel that. I think when you're in uh, you're in school and you're at the school dance, you could either sit on the side of the wall and uh, and just stand there and you don't really make too much of an impact, or you uh, you shake off the nerves and uh, you put yourself out there and you go on the dance floor and you kick it up a little bit. Next thing you know, you're uh, you're dancing. Right? It's true, and you know what? Actually,
1: the, I I think the actual first time we met, I think, is we jumped on a plane, uh, my VP of sales and and I, you know, to come hit you up for money. But uh, but honestly, it was when you did. I think you're like in the field, your open house. Yeah. Like really early days the when it was like you just it, had the plant, and we flew out there, and it was like that was like the meet and greet. But it, you know, de facto, it's almost the same sort of thing we were just talking about. But you actually just opened up to everybody and you're like come take a look kind of thing anyways yeah. for know.
0: anyone that doesn't know we had the uh at manitoba harvest we organized what we call the edutainment tour uh, education yeah. and entertainment put together and we we got to do seven years of it i thought it's the coolest thing if we have the we have the hemp fields in manitoba we had our factory there we we built a uh a training center and a kitchen, commercial kitchen and education center. And and I thought if we just keep bringing people uh, in and they see right from start to finish, go into the hemp field, see how the product's made, you know, they're going to be lifelong friends and, and customers, which it, it really works, right? For sure. I mean, and anytime you can actually convince somebody to come to Winnipeg, then
1: you know that they're going to the be summer. friends for life. Yeah, yeah. yeah in yeah. the summer. Yeah. Yeah. But one, one way ticket only. You fly in and you take a mosquito home wherever you're going. It's easy. All right. What are you doing now? What's going on? What's, what's, what, why,
0: why a book? Why grow? Or am I jumping too far forward? Or no, you can. Yeah. Um, why? It's been on my list for, it's been on my to do list literally for over a decade. I, I think it's probably closer to 15 years. Like after maybe five years after I got into the business, um, I realized that I wasn't doing it the conventional way. Mm-hmm. It took me a little while. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you and I I'm, both. I'm, I'm, I'm like the little engine that could. I start slow and then, you know, start going from there. But, uh, there's a lot of people that speak up for the conventional way and hey, the reality is probably 99% of us aren't living that way. Like, you know, having rich parents and going to an Ivy league school and getting an education and then getting into business and being well resourced. Um, and so, you know, growing up and doing it my way, which was not having education, not having any money, uh, starting a business purely out of passion. It, you know, now people can think, Oh, you were bleeding edge or cutting edge in, in 1998. Uh, selling hemp like it's you know it, it, it was very strange i was laughed at uh, i was laughed at the chfa people would come at this show the first one and be like i don't do that kind of thing um, and so and i'm like well we're going to build it we're going to build one customer at a time we're going to build our community and our relationships in the industry we're going to give back and and it's really worked. It worked for me as an entrepreneur, and, and, uh, and I always wanted to share that. Uh, anyone that's been following along knows that I've been sharing that for the last two or three years in, in short form uh, on LinkedIn and in social media, just some of the things that I've learned. And, and, uh, and some of them are uh, maybe normal but not talked about enough, and, and some of them are more bold. Um, and, uh, and I wanted to put that into long form. And mm-hmm. so a year and a half ago, Uh, I finally said it's time um, and uh, set out on the journey. Well, it's the trigger. So
1: um, I'm going a little off uh, off script. Not that we have much of a script, so don't be too concerned by going off script. But, you know, I remember a moment. You changed. You changed somewhere about, well, we all well yeah you changed a lot somewhere we about grow four lot. years ago right and 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 I remember a couple of phone, I remember the phone call you probably remember two to a couple of them um but I actually remember exactly where I was at and we were having a, a pretty heavy conversation just I would think I was going through like a like herniated disc I was selling selling alive at that time and uh and I lost a sale this was actually before pandemic but but we're knocking on the door of the pandemic without knowing it um, But you really, you know, had moved from, you know, founder leader to, you know, really introspective thinking about what you wanted to do with the rest of your life, kind of where you're at. Because I've seen this like pivotal shift in like giving, mentoring, growing, investing, like a real substantive shift versus a number of people I know who've had moments of liquidity have a really hard time not immediately jumping right back into that.
0: Yeah, and I've talked a little bit about it because I'm, I'm open uh, about it to hopefully help other people and, and it's just by journey. But uh, in 2019, we were fortunate to um, sell Manitoba Harvest after 22 years in the business uh, for $419 million. So it was, it was a big deal. Uh, but I learned then that there's a grieving process as an entrepreneur when you come to what is the end of a journey, the destination, it's not so much fun. It's not as much fun as the, uh, as the journey itself. Uh, I got the triple whammy though, because uh, my ex and I, after 15 years, decided that it was time to separate and and be co-parents to our kids. Uh, and my mom died unexpectedly, uh, all within five weeks of each other. And so, you know, it was emotional trauma for me. I basically and literally went into monk mode, and I sat at home. I don't think I left my house that much for like six months, putting the time and effort to grieve. And I was just focusing on my health. And and through that, I, I was thinking, what am I going to do? Um, and and it just you know i've always given back and we've kind of talked about in the industry and stuff but i i i just felt like all i wanted to do was 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 give and help other people and and um and create the you know create the vibe and create the uh, the culture around that so after six months i i and i still had very little capacity for for business and 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 relationships uh, but that started and um, i set out and the pandemic uh, hit us Um, and I was never on social media before. And so I took to LinkedIn to see where all my friends were and, and, uh, and learn kind of what was going on in the industry and, and started sharing. And when I started sharing, um, it, it helped all these entrepreneurs started to come to me and said, Hey, that's bold to share that story. I feel that same way. Thanks for, thanks for saying it. And, uh, but it also gave me an opportunity to connect with so many founders, cool founders that, uh, I, I am a hundred percent sure that I'm a recovering entrepreneur and that I can't operate a business at least. And I never say never, but not right now. Uh, but I can support other entrepreneurs and founders mm-hmm. in their vision and their mission by investing dollars in them or, you know, mentoring or coaching them what, what I would do if I was in their situation or, or, or you know, relationships and stuff. And so kind of all this came together out of a time of feeling uh, really helpless. Uh, I thought the path there was was to help uh, other people and and you know, looking now back three and a half, four years, uh, I feel like I'm I'm right in the spot um, that I envisioned myself to be. But you know, that sounds all grand, but you know, you have to take a million steps to even get there because I didn't know how I was going to do all those things. It's actually I, I really s-
1: cool, and I think that's where it's going with as well. Is that, um, um, and I think that's part of where uh, going full circle on, on that phone call that I remember so distinctly. But you were in a you're in a pretty big low. It was, pretty, it, was, yeah, pretty it, was, it was a funny spot, right? Because yeah. you're coming off this, like what you think is you've worked all the way hard for, for this big pent-ultimate exit that's going to be life-changing, which it was, right? but you end up finding yourself that's like it's 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 almost like an endorphin yeah. right it wears off super quick For and sure. then you actually end up having some really shitty circumstantial yeah. stuff ends
0: up happening to you you're kind of yeah. in a low and I've been there right yeah more um, more, with, more the
1: phone call was cuz i was like yeah, I, exactly yeah. The same spot, no right? i know so, we've gone back and forth yeah. a number
0: of times thankfully as friends to be able to like uh, just listen yeah the the um hey more dollars in your bank account sounds great because you can you you can get to a place saying i could do whatever i want in life but the reality is, as an entrepreneur and i've talked to other founders that have gone through the same thing is that the thing that you want to do is show up the next day to the business that you founded and show up to your team and mm-hmm. lead the team and, and get the next win and all that and you can't do that anymore? Yeah, the door's locked. You're not you're not invited to, to the party anymore and that's uh, it's hard. You know, it's super hard.
1: Yeah, I believe it. And uh, you know, you said you're recovering recovering entrepreneur, I think yeah. is what you said. And I'm an imposter entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. I'm actually a, like, I'm a full on hired gun, right? I'm not technically an entrepreneur. Um, I think I have entrepreneurial characteristics and I've certainly acquired and grown a lot of companies, but I'm like a very disciplined, uh, operator yeah. for those who we, don't know, we compliment each other. Yeah, a-
0: very well. We almost did a podcast together. I wanted, I wanted Ryan to, uh, I wanted us to do a podcast. I'm glad we're doing this one. Because yeah, totally. I had this concept of the founder and the gun. He is—he is like one of the best hired guns, you know, because he's like a, he has an entrepreneurial mind. But he, you know, he's classically trained, and and people give him the uh, the keys to uh, big business and big opportunity.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it was uh, yeah, it was great. And it was only COVID that threw that little curveball for that. Yeah. And uh, um, but I do remember uh, and, and sharing a piece of wisdom I got from somebody else in that moment was uh, he was describing it. It's, uh, it's Richard Pollock, our mutual friend, and he said, you know. What he found through, through his exits and through that journey was he's like, you know, we've kind of honed and built ourselves, all of us, um, into climbing the mountain. And all of a sudden, when you, when you finish climbing the mountain, it's, it's, it's kind of anticlimactic, right? And it's like you, you, literally the next thing you do is go, where's the next mountain? Because you don't know what else to do except climb. It's kind of just what you do. So no matter what it is, whether it's entrepreneur or hire a gun or whatever else, you kind of start to train your, your body and your mind that way. And anyways, it's neat to see pivot. And pick a different mountain to climb. I guess is where I'm going with this. I think it's amazing, and what you're doing is uh, is altruistic, and um, and I think inspiring a lot of people. It's really cool. You
0: know, I think that's you know, I've realized as I was going through that, you know, what legacy is all about. And legacy is not about uh, what has Mike Fata done. Legacy is about how you make other people feel, and how you inspire other people to to. And so if if I want to. One thing to leave in the world is like you can just give back and give, and if you do that, you'll create ultimate success for yourself. You know, get your, get yourself in that space and shed away whatever you have to to give it a try. And um,
1: you're yeah, here. I, I mean, feel I feel
0: like I'm just getting started. W- watch is, what happens over the next forty six years of my life.
1: Yeah, and I mean this is this is where our uh, I mean why we do jam so well together is that is I think our our shared key values on that. And personal values are so in line on this, but uh, I'm a recent cancer survivor, literally, mm-hmm. um, like very recent thing. And uh, um, uh, to be determined. By the way, I have my three month follow up on Monday, so that's not super you're, in you're, my head. You're doing fine. And I, I, saw I, your, I
0: saw your output on the uh, on the bike, on the Peloton, yeah, on, on the bike, yeah, it's going okay. Yeah.
1: And uh, um, you know it. I, I think already we, we had a lot of those shared values and I was already pretty much in that space. But like you want to put the icing on the cake. It's like I literally give zero shits about the stuff that doesn't matter. And when you start talking about, you know, helping others and what really fills my bucket and what really makes you happy and how you actually move forward in life and how these things actually get accomplished, um, there's no doubt that I have some wisdom to share off of my journey the last six months, which really just amplified kind of what I, what I knew but maybe didn't fully act on over the last you know, 15 years. Yeah, and I think it's great. So I'm seeing you do it as well. Somebody asked a question we were a little bit earlier, so I, I got a, a little bit of a um, head start on you. But um, I'm going to tweak what we thought about. But we we're gonna—I was going to ask you to share a couple lessons from the book. Like, what are your kind of favorite parts of the book um, without giving it away? But then a question was, you know, current circumstances. You know, what? How do we feel about what's happening in the world right now? Capital markets, etc. Um, so I'm going to see if I can merge those two together and ask you the question. Um, is there a favorite lesson or can you apply one of the lessons from the book to current market situation? So we're in a world that's, uh, that's got some funny capital influences right now, supply chain.
0: For sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share a little story. Um, you know, we founded Manitoba Harvest in 1998 and, uh, in 2001, we, uh, we decided that we were ready to tackle the U.S. even though we were about a, Three hundred thousand dollar business in Canada. We had no business going international to the U.S. Uh, we had raised we had raised a couple hundred thousand dollars, and we took all that money and said, "It's our big bet. We're going to go to where the where the big market is." Um, and so we hired brokers and and uh, got distributors UNFI into in the U.S. on the East Coast. And uh, so it was it was it was literally if we raised two hundred fifty thousand, we spent two hundred forty nine thousand on this launch. And then two things happened. Uh, uh, 9-11 happened, uh, and, uh, which just shook the world, but very much the east coast of the U.S. And then, and then uh, like two weeks after that or three weeks after that, the DEA came out in the U.S. and declared a war on hemp foods and said hemp was illegal. And so just basically uh, eliminated all of our resources, all of our sales, everything just kind of went to zero. And so i'm getting to the lesson now and and the the lesson is um you know we need to build our density uh and our community close to home because um and i I talk about like minimum viable community what is the what is the minimum viable community to support your brand or your business and it's a little bit different for every business but in consumer packaged goods and cpg we could talk about like a million dollars of of revenue to 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 be a a a business with as a going concern and You you probably need 10,000 customers buying your product on a regular basis to kind of hit that. Well, you know, in in times that are very challenging, maybe the supply chain side, part of it a, a, a little bit different, but on the revenue and gaining customers and new consumers that wanna buy your product, you can't afford to go and, and uh, be marketing in a different province or in a different state or, or farther away from home. And so, you know, I got into my Jeep uh, and I drove around uh, Manitoba and then into Minnesota. And um, for a good year and a half, I was on the road for like 21 days a month uh, three weeks out of four weeks and and uh, and just building community doing demos and stores and and making friends and and uh, and so I talk a lot about there's a couple chapters in the book that are really around uh, how to how to really build friendships that turn into you know long-term friendships and build community that if your community wants you to win you're unstoppable I could tell you that I ran into someone at Expo West a couple weeks ago uh, a retailer in the Midwest and she said to me Mike you walked into my store 21 years ago and uh, and said, you just wanted to help us sell hemp foods and did a demo for four hours, train the staff. I'll never forget that, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Right. Uh, you can't, you can't in the times that we're living in, we can't afford to go out there and, and you need to be scrappy. I'm a big believer. You always have to be scrappy. Even if you raise capital for your business, um, you still need to be scrappy and, uh, and you could do that if you're close to home. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And, uh, you know, a couple, um, stories or, or
1: pieces of wisdom I can share as well as uh, a little quip. But I, I, I'm a really, really stupid man. So I remember everything I have. I say I remember 12 sound bites. And when I get a new one that's really awesome, I actually have to dump one of the old ones because I only have the ability to retain 12. So, um, but one of them that I did retain is uh, sometimes it's better to lead with your shield than your sword. Then it's a little bit of a you know tighten up the community. I love this minimum viable community. Um, but tighten up the community, be a little bit more conservative, think a lot harder about where it's going to go. Um, the money is going to be spent. The other one, I just had a conversation this morning um, with a group I'm looking forward to introducing you to, but um, it's called LOI Ventures. It's like a micro accelerator for, for BC businesses here under 30 years old. Very exciting. And, uh, and I'm getting more and more involved with those guys. You know, he we was having a chat and he was saying, you know, in the current circumstances, you know, where do you think with the US? And, and I said, you know, listen, everybody I've watched in this industry um, fail launching into the US. It's that um, Canadians think Canadian. And not American and America is big. And then, you know, the right mindset is they're like, you see the Canadians and I, and I've literally witnessed it with dear friends. And I'm sure you'll say Mm -hmm. you're the exact same boat. They go, no, 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 I got it. Like I'm, I'm thinking big. And then I go, no, 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 now, now take that and scale it another 10 times. You're like, okay, I got it. And you're like, you're still undershooting what you need. And it's, and that's like resources, people, money, effort, determination, bandwidth, like, like you name it we we generally always underestimate the the sheer amount of resource in every element that you need in order to effectively expand community yeah. across the yeah. board
0: and, and and it's it, for sure and it's even intensified um, in these times you know uh, that, that, because because totally. yeah we went we, we grew mental harvest to 2008 2009 2010 kind of financial crisis and recession and it was the time that like flat was the new growth. You, you were good if you were just maintaining your your sales volume or just growing at like five. We were growing fifty percent per year, and then and then we hit that wall, and 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 literally grew I think ten percent that year, mm-hmm. which was good. And we were very innovative, but you know this is a time when many companies die. You have to protect yourself. Uh, but it is like you can't spend your way, you can't really spend your way to advance your company, uh, specifically in the U.S. You know you could you could you need. $10 million and you may not still make an impact. We've had friends that go spend $10 million in the U S to launch after their uh, uh, established business in Canada. And then they retreat with their ass handed to them. You yeah. Know? And unfortunately I would say that's pretty much every one of our friends. Like it's been very few who've
1: done it successfully. And I know a number of retreats. I, in fact, I know it so much that I know a number of people who've you know retreated three times yeah. and all of that is just spent dollars. Now there's, you know, to teach of those, there's, there's valuable lessons learned
0: and, you know,
1: there, yeah, there's the, the some point, value on those dollars, but not the ROI that you, you want yeah, to be the, getting on those. The kind point of
0: is like every founder that I talk to in Canada is like, I want to go sell into whole foods in the U S you know? And, and I'm like, Whoa, just wait. If you, if you're a, if you're a, if you're a good product and you're a good company in Canada, you could be a five or $10 million business. You don't need to go and run away. You, you know, you should be able to sell up and down the street by your house, uh, you know, um, and, and then to the next city and the next city over, where the flip side is, 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 is not the same. Uh, American companies can come into Canada and establish themselves um, because they're usually bringing new innovation to a category. And you see a lot of brands here at, uh, at CHFA now that, uh, that are, are U.S. companies that are launching in Canada, even before they've really um, fully national in the U.S., you know, so it, but the U.S. is really like 10 or 11 Canadas. Oh, yeah, at least, I think. Yeah, and then the complexity
1: that goes with that, I think, is like a 10x, which when you get 10 times the size of the market, the complexity of managing that is, is almost like a 10x. So um, so that's only to say that uh, it's an interesting world out there right now, and I think a, a degree of conservatism and um, understanding that timing is everything. Um, and like you said, you grew 50%, but I'm certain if you went back and um, encapsulated your journey, them, your most dramatic inflection points of success in the business were probably time to you know great economies you know uh, yeah, started, external it, it, factors it did, you guys we, it, yeah and going. we
0: were we were fortunate that we we raised venture capital in 2009 so like right when the world was melting down uh we raised a couple million dollars and so we had we had a, a runway before that we never had a runway before that because it was all just uh friends and family investors and so we actually had a runway and so we could we were building then we were building team we were expanding our factory the the revenue wasn't expanding like that for a couple of years it was very small but then um after the uh, after the recession was over we were well prepared as a business and we kind of boomed and I'm dealing that with that in in the portfolio right now you know great companies in my portfolio um and and they're they're venture backed We, we have professional money in there and and professionally managing the businesses um but the but the revenue wasn't like it was a year ago. It's not growing at 100%. You know, mm-hmm. maybe now it's growing at 50% or 20% or and. But that you can't stop building the company, uh, building process, building people, building your community, um, because then you won't be prepared. And the reason that we. You know, Barvis was so successful because we built through that last uh, financial crisis and economic hardship and uh, and our competitors couldn't because they didn't have the resources and then and then by the end of it we were literally years ahead of the competition uh, and which is why you know at a point Mantle Barvis had uh, 85% share, 90% share of, of the hemp heart market uh, and there was a hundred other companies that were trying to uh, to build their business. You're yeah. making me feel pretty old when uh, when we start
1: talking about well capitalized and you're talking, you know, it, the first reference you gave on money was uh, I think you said $249,000 you spent of the 250. Yeah. and then now you're referencing your your uh, your private equity placement of $2 million yeah. and you're like, you put that into today and you're like, man, I can burn that like in this afternoon. Yeah, like, right. it's, it's funny For to sure. think that you, I mean, it's still like bootstrapping it back
0: then, but then you hear 419 million and it all makes sense. Yeah, so, And we, and we used, uh, it was $7 million of capital to, uh, to grow a mental harvest to that level. That's amazing. You know, plus, you know, government, uh, grants and loans and stuff, but from an equity standpoint, it was very efficient. Um, that's amazing. I do want to
1: capitalize. You said earlier on in the conversation, and then you brought it up a couple times there now, and I'm a massive believer in this and, uh, and I do want to share because there was a question about this as well. But, um, you know, I would say that, uh, you just said now's the time to invest in, you know, community, building relationships, et cetera. And then I just want to kind of amplify the fact that, you know, what a great time to build these authentic relationships. And, you know, this might take us full circle to, you know, volunteering, getting involved, getting engaged, mentoring others, whatever it is that uh, um, you can do to effectively help others. But really all of those things will end up um, developing friendships. And, and and it's a word that I really like to use that uh, that I think we both share. That um, not a lot of people, not a lot of entrepreneurs, you'll hear these words come out very often. But I'm a huge believer that my entire. Um, purpose when I wake up every single day is basically just to build friendships and I have this incredible network and you know those friendships are so authentic like I'm talking about like going to weddings and um, you know these friends that that we share in the industry that are you know now 15 years old like I'm like godfather of children they're you know they're guardians of mine. like I'm like this is the level of friendship that it now is and these are customers this the, the first phone call these people were we're flogging ads. Hey, yeah, hey, do you have
0: a check for me? Hey, hey,
1: can yeah. you? Yeah, do, do you want to advertise? You know, please, yeah. will you advertise? And uh, and those are now like literally family to me, and and all the way to the point where I think you know to put a little icing on the cake from from my perspective is some of those friends now. Like I've got like, um, Manny McCarthy. She's the I believe her title is Chief Marketing Officer, Nestle Health Sciences. Like, so this is like as large commercial funny that Nestle comes back into the picture, isn't it? Um, man, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast now going back. So I don't think she worked there then. But, you know, Nestle is a behemoth. But this is like as corporate as it gets. This is not like Ma and Pa. This is not like Little Canada. This is not Mike and Ryan 15 years ago building friendship. This is like one of my very, very largest customers who is extremely, you know, disciplined and well-educated. And this is, I would literally say, dear friend. Like, this is like text messaging, my, my very best customer meets whatever. And that came through adding value to her business, not just vlogging ads, having a personal relationship, being there for each other on a personal level through everything from COVID to whatever else. So I just encourage that, um, it's not all, you know, um, tree hugger beard and sandals you know it's a nice canadian way to build friendships etc it's actually a hyper effective way of um really growing your company and your brand is by having you know strong strong partners to the point that they actually are your friends like your true friends yeah,
0: and to do that i mean you you have to put yourself out there right i, that, I made that comment earlier before mm-hmm. we started like you know you could be the, the kid at the side of, at the dance that sits on the wall and doesn't do anything or you can like shake off your fear and go and like shake someone's hand and and say hi and and legitimately care what their name is and what they like doing, and 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 then you're gonna your community is gonna form off of that, right? Whether you're and a lot of founders say, oh, I have I have nothing to offer. Well, I could tell you, even if you're in business for one year, you have something to offer to someone that um, is thinking about getting into business. And you could spend, you know, you can you can spend a certain amount of your time when you're in that stage of business, but you could you could pick up a phone call or two phone calls a week and help other people out. You can also, if you're a, a year or two-year founder, or you're a, or you're a ten-year founder, and you're in that business growth scale, it's your peer to peers that are going through the same same thing. You know, when 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 we were growing Mantua Harvest, uh, Guayaki, Urbamante, uh, Sambazon Acai, Dagoba Chocolate, all those founders were friends, and we were we were facing the same issues. You know, it was uh, all of us were very small companies, uh, and uh, we had to pair dollars together, whether that was to share a hotel room or to go out for a nice dinner or something, and, uh, and then you, you create friendships. So mentoring and friendships down in the industry, peer-to-peer across friendships, and then, and then people are always asking, like, well, how do, I, how do I get those really good friends, right? Like the ones that have big influence and stuff, and maybe those are mentors, uh, friend, mentor friendships. I found that that usually happens when people are seeing you doing all this great stuff; they want to be part of it. You yeah, know? I
1: totally agree. And actually, I would say that um, many of those for me, and there there is the odd exception, and, and happy to answer questions on it. But a lot of that is maybe picking the right mentor, but showing that you're putting yourself out there, and you know, almost like a pay it forward. Like I'll give that time to somebody now, yeah. But I'm only going to invest that time in somebody who I think it's not about their product, it's not about what they're doing, it's not about their business, it's about their values and characteristics. And sure. if they're paying that forward to a degree, then I'm going to say be more inclined to make that. But a lot of it, I think, the big checks and the big partnerships and the best mentors um, are developed over a long period of time. Yeah. Like they're actually now, 17 years ago, we were the ones sharing the hotel room because we couldn't afford to do whatever else. And then, you know, this is, you know, like, like one just walked in the door uh, to, to our podcast here right now, um, Ian Walker. But, you know, 15 years ago, in fact, I think at our first meeting, Ian didn't even like me. And we had dinner, and he was like, "I don't know about this Ryan guy, you know, whatever." And, and you know, this one of my most dear friends, and somebody I could turn to for anything today. But you know, I think that that's just it takes time.
0: Yeah, one of my pet peeves is when someone asks me, uh, "Hey, can I pick your brain? You know, and just like take some of your time, uh, can, or can you help me?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm and my response nowadays, because I'm, I'm I'm a little more vocal with it, is like, "Who are you helping? You know, what are you what are you what, what are you doing?" And because I want to, if as soon as I witness a founder or someone that's helping other people out. I just want to jump all over that and help them out. It's, it's, it's that natural, but it, like someone that's that's asking on the on the ask all the time instead of on the give. It's it's just it's more challenging, right? So any friendship, you should be you should be giving more than you're asking. Just that's the right balance. In
1: so too. And then you you uh, touched on something there, and uh, and we share another common thread. We're both in a we're very fortunate to be in a group um, called uh, YPO. Um, but one of the premises for YPO is not giving advice, it's experience sharing. And you mentioned earlier, you're like, you know, like the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome that a, that a young founder, maybe somebody who's only been doing it for a year, you know, what can I possibly have to share? And the answer is experiences. Yeah. And I guarantee you, after a year of doing anything, you've gained experiences. And a lot of times that's actually about validating another founder who's like, oh, you've been through that too. Like, it's not even that you have to give advice. It's actually just, I feel the same way. Doesn't it feel better to know that you're not alone? Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. So I,
0: I found it even as I as I transitioned into kind of more full-time uh, mentor and, and advisor coach, is, as I first went through imposter syndrome, which we all do in every new thing that we do. It's a natural human uh, feeling, emotional feeling of like, what do I have to, okay, I've been successful, uh, but what do I have to say about someone else's business, you know? And I had mm-hmm. to get over that to say, you know, I'm just going to tell you what I would do if I was in your situation. You, you, you do with it whatever you want. I'm not going to take it personally, but, but I'm going to take enough time to understand you, understand your business, where you're at, and then, and then I'm going to give it to you straight, right? Totally. Um,
1: and, and my soundbite number two, remember there's only 12, um, so I hope I don't hear anymore today because I'm going to lose one of these. But uh, um, somebody said to me one time, it's, it's like, hey, this is the bunny trail I ran down, and this is the one I'm telling you should go down. But you know what? It might not lead to the same place. And that's it. So you can experience share, right? And somebody will run down that bunny trail. But the reality is, is that just because it ended up as a dead end for you, does not mean it's going to be because market conditions change, the person's different, you know, everything can be a little bit different. But you give your best wisdom by saying, hey, this is what happened to me when
0: I went down that trail. But I don't know if that's going to happen to you yeah so that's 100 percent it. yeah it's another it's another lesson in the book. I talk about uh, building your best day ever. I've been working on my best day ever literally for 25 years mm-hmm. since I lost over 100 pounds. I used to feel horrible all the time being a 300 pound overweight person, physical health, mental health, it, it was just bad and i had the concept of oh best day ever like how i can get to myself to control and manifest uh to feel good every day all day and it was a long journey to be able to get there but i want that for everybody but the but the the challenge is everyone's best day ever is different right you can't take my best day ever and then do the same things and then it's going to be your best day ever you have to like learn what other people's approach is and what's been successful for others and then, and then experiment on yourself and then, and then say, oh, OK, that, that, that works for me. Same thing in business is part of that, right? Like You're a smart, dumb guy, eh? Yeah. That's it's amazing. Just, just, it's been, you know, you do it long enough. <laughs> <It's been> long <laughs> you do something long enough. Keep trying. <laughs> I can at least talk about it, you know? 25 years. So, um, oh, that's really wise. Yeah. Um, should we take a couple questions? Yeah. Do we have any questions from the audience? Yeah, please come to the mic. I'm a new founder with L- the LOI
1: Accelerator, actually.
0: Yeah, right on. Congratulations.
1: Um, I had a question kind of about the role of social media. We talked a lot about building community. Uh, you said you weren't on social media for a long time. I was in the same boat as I've just recently been really trying to get into LinkedIn. Uh, do you think that in 2023, there's still a place for just kind of driving around, meeting people, getting in your truck and going to stores? Is that no, for bigger sure. than it was,
0: smaller than it was? Before? Yeah, I think so. Um, one of my approaches to building that minimum viable community is, uh, I call it the 10-10-1000. You know, in, in consumer packaged goods, like what's your, what's your first uh, 10 stores, and they probably should be like 10 kilometers or 10 miles away from your house or your office. And get your first thousand customers there because you can do that you can go and like do demos in the store do trainings in the store go make friends same thing if you're whether you're if you're not in the product business area in the service business you could do the same thing coming to trade shows going to industry conferences and and meeting people there I think that what I've learned and I kind of reprogram my head around and maybe link, more LinkedIn specific out of the social media, LinkedIn's like a 24-7 trade show or conference, okay? Instead of coming to CHFA here and, and uh, you know, and it's great to meet in person and hug and high five and walk by people's booths and congratulate them for new products and, and maybe they won an award, an Organic award, uh, and and but then you could go home and from the comfort of your living room and do the same thing and, and and amplify that over time on on LinkedIn. So I think you need both of them uh, hyper local focus and then amplify it uh, uh in the digital space.
1: Yeah, and a long time ago, um, uh, Ryan Holmes actually came and spoke with us early days actually about like social media in regards to more like Instagram, Facebook, and uh, and and Ryan said to me at the time. Uh, he actually he was at, he was actually at our live summit and he was
0: presenting. I don't know who Ryan Holmes from Ryan it's Holmes HootSuite. is a, is, a, is yeah. a,
1: for those listening is a yeah. is a successful uh, entrepreneur from uh, from Hootsuite and, and you know kind of a de facto one of the you know best tech leaders probably in our country maybe internationally and uh, but he said you know uh, social media is like your receptionist you just have to have it. And because you, you would never you would never consider in a in a standard operating business not having somebody greet your customers when they come in the door or answer your phones or do whatever else and and I kind of still ascribe to that kind of thing as it's like yeah utilize the tool to the best you possibly can but at best it's a tactic not a strategy relationships still are going to drive everything else they have to be eyeball to eyeball particularly when you're a founder and you're developing so yeah
0: and that's why I made that comment and I, I even did it when I went on LinkedIn like I, my my first approach to LinkedIn um. Well, was reframing it in my head to think about it as a trade show. Number two was just reaching out to founders, right? And and founders love connecting with other founders. So if you're a new entrepreneur in business, other people want to connect with you, and, and so you go connect with them on LinkedIn, and then and then and then say, hey, can we go and have a coffee and, and uh, or a Zoom meeting or whatever together and take it off of take it offline and actually have a conversation. Um, that's a an approach, and you if you do that. Uh, and you set some maybe targets for yourself, hey, have two conversations a week or five conversations, whatever you can afford in your time, and you do that over a year, over two years, the community builds itself. Like you're just you're, gonna, you're going to connect with like-minded founders and entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's where the friendships form. And then 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, you, you're you looking do at people a podcast with, together. with gray hair and stuff. You know, that's how yeah. it happens. Yeah, scary thought. Great to hear they work. work together. Thanks so much. You're, you're welcome. welcome. Anyone else got a question? Ian, come up here. Come up to the mic.
1: Our, our good mutual friend, Ian Walker, who actually yeah. won. I still actually yeah. don't like Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: I think one of the things like, you know, us that have been around for a while, a lot of people that want to get advice from us, they kind of, sometimes they, and it maybe relates to the imposter syndrome. They feel like, oh, these guys are another level or there's something else. And how do you, as somebody that wants to have impact with them, Come down to make sure that they're comfortable, that they can talk to you as a peer, and 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 what can we say to those entrepreneurs that are starting that say, "Hey, we're all just humans talking to each other." Because I think that is usually a challenge. People are scared to like, "Oh, that's you know, I can't sell to that store because it's too big, or I can't talk to that person because he's so important." So I just think that's a good lesson to yeah. talk about that way. way. Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm just I'm just very transparent, you know, so I tell people I'm scared shitless, I felt like an imposter, all these bad things happen to me in life. I kind of, I, I, I've thought of it a little different lately. It feels like, um, I feel like, it, you know, I remember in the movie 8 Mile where Eminem just calls himself down and then you're like, okay, what's the world going to say about me now? You could just be tr- totally open in yourself. Kind of been doing that. Uh, it's been therapy for me just to like share, uh, and I do go to formal therapy as well, which I've shared. Uh, but when you when you like share about yourself, some of the hardship and some of that you've overcome, some of that it it not it not only helps you because you vocalize it and you get it out of your own head. It helps other people because a lot of people maybe don't aren't feel comfortable yet to be able to share those things and so they get to hear it and and it does maybe that's ian's question it normalizes it so there's no doesn't matter if you've been in this industry for 25 years or it's your first year or if you've created a tremendous amount of success or you're just on your pathway to success we all we all bleed you know we're all the same we all have the same fears and the same imposter pieces and all that kind of stuff and i yeah and uh and I think just to add to that as well,
1: first off, it's really funny because somebody asked me this, that exact question or comment this, uh, this morning. So it's, it's funny that it's like right on top of mind, literally the exact same question. You know, how can you make yourself more approachable? And one of the things I always struggle with, and it's uh, in, and also I, I'm a bit in the same boat, and particularly with the cancer that helped to, uh, to really bring that home for me. But um, I think I'm the most approachable guy on the planet. I'm like, I'm such a nice guy. Like I am like, truthfully, I'm like the nicest, most approachable guy. And then and the, everybody like, in my team, anybody who trusts me, they're like, dude, you are so freaking intimidating. Like you don't even realize how intimidating you are. And I'm like, no, that can't be true. I'm like so approachable. And I'm I, like, no, I'm think, just really honest. Yeah. And they're like, that honesty is deeply frightening. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so I'm trying to really even work on myself through it, but I, I, I like what you said there about, um, uh, you know, making yourself fallible, um, but I do think on the other side, because there's only so much that you can do, you know, from the end of making yourself approachable. Um, I think there's two things. It's one: show up, put your hand up, get involved, and all of a sudden you're going to build these little entry points that you will have done now. Anybody who be sitting here would know that you can come up and ask Mike or Ryan anything afterwards. Um, and the other one is, um, I'm not sure. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been afraid to ask or haven't asked, but I can tell you that every time I finally got over myself and did. I, I don't remember ever regretting it, like hitting a wall. Like, I don't remember anybody ever being yeah. super rude. No, dude, I'm not talking to you. you jerk. You know what? Like, what? I, like, know, I don't that, remember that ever. that's all
0: in our head. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, like, I, I uh, a little short story on that, okay? Mm-hmm. One, a therapy session, I was with my therapist. I've seen the same therapist for 12 years, and I was having a, a, an awkward time. It was around the time that all the transitionary stuff happened, so all my worst nightmares are coming up fears again and uh, and I I sat in her office and she said what's going on and I said I've been having I've been having the fear that I'm going to regress to the person that I was before and I'm going to be overweight and I'm going to be out of control and she's like well how does that how does that feel feel to say that and I said it sounds ridiculous and she goes yeah It is 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 ridiculous. But I'm glad that the voice, the words came out of your mouth. And as soon as the words come out of your mouth, instead of the thought going in your head a hundred times over, a thousand times over, Mm -hmm. it becomes normal. So you're right. Most times when you get off the side of the wall of the dance floor and you go on the dance floor and you start dancing, you have a great time and you go, wow, I'm glad I did that. Or you ask the question. Uh, And so I think... You know, our job maybe as as maybe more veterans in the industry is to create that safe space. So that mm. and and leaders in business as well. There is no dumb question. You know, everyone is ha- is learning at a different speed. It's at a different place in life. You got to you got to create that space so that there is comfort. But I think you have similar thing that I, I've 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 said. Uh, I'm like a Tootsie Roll, like hard on the outside, but really soft in the middle. As soon as you get to the middle of me, you know. You, that's you, nice. You know, it's, it, it, but, you know, can feel that. It, for you, it's your voice, you know. Ryan doesn't need a microphone. He just has that loud, outside, deep. You you're going to be so
1: approachable because I'm just going to walk around the show calling you Tootsie Roll now. Yeah, Tootsie Roll. Everybody's <laughs> going to be like, <laughs> say it, that's your nickname now from now on. I think you should change your hashtag on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, there we go. To Tootsie Roll. Um, for those of you who haven't had a chance to, to, to get Mike's book, I'd really in- encourage it uh, for everybody. And then maybe grab one for somebody who could really use it. And that might be your entry point of helping uh, everybody else. So maybe grab two.
0: We've got time for one more question, but I like the commercial. We could just, yeah, you, you know, you could sign up for the Unstoppable Entrepreneur newsletter. You can subscribe to the Founder and Mentor podcast. You could buy the book that's helping you and it's helping everybody else. I think
1: so too. and I think it's great. It's paying it forward, but I think we'll just one more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get two. Yeah, we'll get two. Um So I'm a new founder of a company, Ahimsa Vegan Foods, kind of started during COVID. Um, but one other thing I've been struggling with is uh, kind of networking, business networking, and finding maybe business mentors. So can mm. you speak to that, how I can go about, you know, networking with other people, maybe a little bit ahead of me in business
0: yeah. uh, by a few years? And where are you, where are you based? Uh, in Ontario. In Ontario? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I'm i a big believer that uh, that... Well, and there's lots of different forms of mentorship. One of the chapters in the book, not to bring back the book, is on mentorship because mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, um, there is the traditional kind of mentorship where you're, you're looking for someone that maybe has more experience than you. They're, they're, they're a couple of years ahead in, in, in business. There's peer-to-peer mentorship where there's entrepreneurs that are going out at, at the same time as you. Uh, and, then the, and then there's more forms of like mass mentorship um, that you can go and, and, and study and learn. Um, but the, 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 the top two, Um, you need to go and find those people. um, They're playing the same game as you are. So you're going to find them at CHFA now and at other conferences and at trade shows and events. um, And you can really, that's the best place to to meet someone for the first time and have a handshake. The great tool like LinkedIn is a good follow-up because you can, for people that are out there, you, you can engage with them and, and engage with their posts or say hi or or or, or connect that way. Um, you know, people look and say the an example like you know Midday Squares, one of my portfolio companies. Great relationship there. Everyone goes, oh yeah, look at Midday Squares, all the great things they're doing nowadays. You know, we met at a, at a show here. They asked like, hey, can I just can can we can we chat for a little bit? And I'm like, sure. And then and then and that was one trade show. But then you know because of LinkedIn and online, we could just connect a little bit. And I saw what they were doing and congratulated them. They were coming and, and, and going back and forth a little bit. So um, I think the combination, and it was what we talked about earlier, like in-person is really important to, uh, to, to kind of structure. And so, um, you know, even if you're mindful of it here, walk out of the show with like, Hey, I want to, I want to have a, uh, a new friendship with five people here. And I'm going to put myself out there, like being a ex- 300 pound uh kid i i'm a biggest introvert ever Uh, everything that you'd see from me is all trained and putting a lot of effort there i used to say i used to practice in the mirror like hi my name is mike and now i'm like on an elevator or wherever it is and i feel really comfortable doing it but for many for a long time i didn't and you have to put yourself out there uh and then those people are going to be playing the same game so they're here
1: and if i can just add to that this is the this is the difference again entrepreneur remember hard gun we're talking about um founder in the gun. we might, we, might, we might have yeah, to just follow I this think, up. I don't I know. This so. is going pretty well. We might have yeah. to follow this up. But, um, but I would say, you know, this is my discipline side of me coming in is, um, you know, you stand up and you ask the question, you know, what would you suggest and, and how could I find mentorship, et cetera. Would you be able to answer the question for me right now, the five things you want to get out of a mentorship relationship and the 10 people you wish you had access to? And if you can't answer those, start by writing that down before you ask the question about mentorship. So because that, I think, is tremendous values to be to hone you down. It's actually going to help you in the end, but it's definitely going to increase your success factor when you go after those individuals. Be like, somebody reaches out to me and was like, hey, I'd really love to just have you as a mentor. I'd be like, fuck off. Um, Really, I would. And if somebody came to me, though, and said, hey, Ryan, I'm like, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been working really, really hard on, on trying to figure out effective storytelling. I know you've got a lot of experience in storytelling. Can I get half an hour of your time? Because I really you know, admire this, this, and this about what you've done. And I think it'd be really relevant for my business that does this, this, and this. And I would be like, yes. Right? So I think that that's a really important step is it's like mentorship too often. I think we think of it as like it's really helpful but it's like an aside. It is a key strategy for the growth of your business. Is if you if you get a great set of mentors or you get some really good partners, um, it should be one of your. You should put effort towards it. Exactly how you would write a business plan.
0: Yeah, I hundred I, percent I agree. I, like mentors can just help you grow. They're, they're not going to be able to do anything for you. And so I, I've. Some of my success, especially growing up in the business, was think about it like departmentally. I had a sales mentor. I had a marketing mentor. I had an operations mentor. Mm -hmm. I had a CEO mentor that was a couple years in front of me alongside my, my friends that were going through similar. And so... I could be very specific for, for my sales mentor. I was like, I'm trying to understand how U S distribution is with the distributors and like in that part of the States and, and, and not be, can you help me with everything sales? You know, and then people say, no, I got a, a million things going on. But awesome. You're like being very specific and, and actionable. It's easy for someone to plug in. Yeah. Yeah. One time, one more. You got one? Just asked my exact yeah. List. Oh, right on. But I guess I'll just mm. throw in like a comment
1: about, as a 19-year-old founder, I'm just super inspired and super pumped. And of the, of the day so far, this has been my absolute like favorite session. So you know, thank, thank you, and I'm sure everyone else feels the same way of just being so you know inspiring, inspiring. us all to just keep pushing forward. And I love the focus on building communities.
0: So. Sweet. Thanks. Well, I love the energy. It's, yeah, it's so good. I'm a, like, wait a second. I'm yeah, like, I, I got yeah. more.
1: I, we knew we another 10 minutes. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 19 yeah.
0: again. Yeah. Well, I walked into this show and I was 21 for the first time and I didn't know, you know, I was just amazed going, oh my God, look at all these booths and you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was 26. I, Sam yeah. Gracie
1: accosted me and you know, yeah. the, the great Sam Gracie came up, gave me a big hug. I'm like, people hug in business? Yeah. Is that a thing? And then I was like, welcome to the industry. Yeah. I flew from Ottawa. So this is like my first like trade show five hours out, you know, just coming in here, soaking it all up. So yeah. Amazing.
0: Awesome. Well, welcome. And and thank you. Um, I had a great time. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for asking me to do this. You're welcome. And
1: maybe we should resurrect, like I don't know, like a special four-part series.
0: Everyone can stay tuned on that one. Founder in the gun. Founder in the gun. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Thanks, gang. Thank you for listening to the Founder to Mentor podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check out the links and resources in the show notes. You can help the show, please, by subscribing and leaving a positive review. As always, feel free to get in touch with me on social at Mike Fada. That's it for now. See you next time.